We live in a world that doesn't always understand grief, but we do. We see you, we hear you, and we're here to talk about grief in the most real of ways, because we have lived with it too. In this podcast, we'll look at ways to integrate grief into a life that is fulfilling and meaningful for you. There'll be no platitudes or silver linings, but there may be the occasional F-bomb. I'm coach John Polo, and my person died. I'm coach Carolyn Gower, and my person died too. Welcome everyone to the My Person Died Too podcast. Being the holiday season, this can be a really challenging time when you're grieving. So this week, we thought we'd share one of our more light-hearted episodes. It's from about a year ago, and it's also one of our most popular episodes. It's called Grief and the Weird Shit We Do. It's also only about 20 minutes or so long, so it is quite a, a quick one to listen to. We understand you're all quite busy at this time of the year. And I just wanted to mention, if you are looking for a little bit of extra support, we do have our My Person Died To Facebook community. There's a link in the show notes if you'd like to join. And we really love our community. It's such a, a supportive and caring space. John and I also pop in there live from time to time, and we'd really love to see you there. But for now, sit back and relax and here's grief and the weird shit we do. So Carolyn, start us off with this episode. Okay, so I think it's important for us to mention for this episode that we're not saying that we necessarily think that these things are weird, but they are things that people who have never experienced deep grief, well, you know, they're probably going to think they are. So John, in perfect timing for this episode, a video appeared in my Facebook feed about a week ago. And this video was of a woman who has been eating her husband's ashes for two months. And in the video, she demonstrates how she licks her finger, dips it in the ashes, swirls it around to make sure she gets a good coat and then eats it. Now, she says it tastes like rotten eggs, sand and sandpaper, but she's grown to love the taste and now she can't stop. It started as not wanting to get rid of him, and it's progressed into eating him. Her words, folks, not mine. And she goes on to say that she's lost 42 pounds since her husband died because she's basically only eating his ashes five to six times a day. John, it sounds like you've got something to say about this one. <laughs> Fuck. I, I did not see that video. I had not heard the story until you were telling me, us, the story. And I literally have tears falling out of my eyes right now. <laughs> yeah, I could see you then. It was oh. really hard to keep talking because I can see you. <laughs> like I, I literally am crying. <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> okay, let me collect myself. Give me a second. All right. So... On the two-year anniversary of Michelle's passing, I went and got a tattoo. And I got a tattoo with her ashes in it. So that morning, I opened up the urn for the first time. And I saw what ashes look like for the first time. 
And I got out a very, very small amount of the ashes that you're supposed to bring to the tattoo artist. And I dipped my index finger in it and I put the tiniest amount on my finger and on my tongue. And I've never told anybody that story other than my friend who was with me. But now I feel completely free talking about that because this woman <laughs> sits, sits and has meals every day with, with the ashes. So, okay. so you've got to tell wow. us. Did Michelle taste like rotten eggs, sand, and sandpaper? I, I don't remember. It was <laughs> such a small amount that I have no idea. But I'm just trying to collect myself still from that story, to be honest. <laughs> That's a doozy. I do have one other story that I want to share, but I'll share it a little bit later in this podcast. What about you, Carolyn? Do you have any weird stuff that you want to share with our listeners? <laughs> Plenty of things, John. Plenty. But I'll start with this one, if I'm game. So many times after Tony died, when I went to visit him at the cemetery, I would sit there and imagine digging the dirt down to his coffin with my bare hands and opening up his coffin to see him once more before his body completely decomposed. I even Googled how long it takes for a body to decompose, and I would imagine his body at those different stages of decomposition. Sometimes now I'll still picture his bones in there in the suit he was wearing. And while we're talking about the cemetery, on a sunny day, I do like to lie on my back directly on top of Tony's grave on the soft grass and close my eyes and just listen. It's very peaceful lying there, listening to the running water, the birds and the breeze in the trees with the sun shining down. But I am really glad that Tony and I got to choose such a beautiful place for him to be buried before he died. And I will be buried there too, on top of him, when it is my time. So I guess that's been a bit of a test run for me. I love that, Carolyn. I'm going to share one more right now. So I think this is in my first book. So for probably about the first year, I want to say, I slept with Michelle's urn next to my bed. And one night I went in to just like give it a little peck because I would just give it like a little peck and say I love you every night before bed. And things got a little bit out of hand. <laughs> and I may have perhaps started making out with the urn. Do you think that's weird? That's not weird. That's, that's normal, not weird. Right? I don't think no, that's it's completely weird. normal to make out with your wife's urn. Now, the question is, did I get turned on by it? But no one's ever going to know that. <laughs> ever. Well, actually, the one I'm about to share is very similar to that, John. So I know I've mentioned on here before that for the first year, I slept with a big body pillow to cuddle and a blanket with Tony's face printed on it, which I put on his pillow. And I've told you how it scared my friend when she came to stay with me and went into my bedroom the next morning. But something else I did was every morning when I woke up, I'd say good morning to Tony and kiss his face on the blanket and then the same at night. And there may or may not have been a couple of times when I did pash the blanket in those early days. Wait, wait, wait. I don't know what pashed means. We don't use that word out here. Or if we do, I'm stupid. <laughs> okay, so we call a really passionate kiss a pash. So oh. if you really passionately passionately kiss someone, that's a All patch right. in Aussie terms. I got it now. So, okay. yeah, I was patching, but I didn't use tongue. I drew the line there, which is a patch. <laughs> oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> oh, Lord. 
Shall we jump into sharing some stories from our grief friends? That sounds great. Let's do that. Let's get the focus off ourselves. (laughs) Yes. Now that we've opened all of the cans of worms and lost (laughs) all of both of our careers and all of our clients because we're freaks. (laughs) And no one else is listening to the rest of the episode. (laughs) And everyone is tuned us out. Let's do this. Okay. And everyone is just searching for the girl on YouTube who eats her husband's ashes every day and no one cares about our (laughs) podcast anymore. So it's been a successful night. Okay. So I'm going to start with Rachel. Rachel is a client and absolute dear friend of mine. This is a page actually from my second book. When my husband was alive, he never wanted to go to the store or do errands with me. Nope, would always be his go-to, even though he knew how much this annoyed me. After he passed away and was cremated, I kept a small amount of his ashes. I wear him in a locket around my neck. Now, whenever I have to do things, I always take this locket and ask him if he wants to go. I start off irritating him by saying, rah, rah, rah. Oh, you don't wanna go, do you? That's too bad. (laughs) Now you have to go everywhere you don't wanna go. I say with love. Sometimes when I'm out, I, (laughs) I will continue the conversation, especially now, since he no longer has the ability to talk back. Rachel and her husband had a very, it reminds me of the relationship with Michelle and I, and even Allie and I, a very humorous banter. I love that story. I love that, Rachel. That's hilarious. Now, my friend Bree says, when my dad passed and we were divvying up his things, he had a really large collection of gargoyles. And my grandpa specifically requested this large outdoor lawn ornament style gargoyle. My dad's girlfriend at the time had said that this gargoyle was very important to them. They got it on a trip together and it was very sentimental. So if it was okay with him, she'd really like to keep it. So we were like, cool, yep, it's yours. Now fast forward a couple of months and she ends up moving out of the place where she was living with my dad. And she left the gargoyle there. She left the gargoyle at the (laughs) house. It really pissed us off that she had told my grandpa no and then left it behind. So this was around my birthday last year. And on my birthday, we'd gone out for a few drinks. On the way home, I had this spontaneous decision that I absolutely needed that gargoyle for my birthday. So I had my boyfriend take me to the house which is right across from where we live. And we pull up, I hop out of the car and run up the driveway to steal this gargoyle. (laughs) I hoist it up, take two steps and realize it's much heavier than I anticipated and absolutely eat it with the statue. I hop up in my white leather skirt, grab the guy again, get almost to the car and fall again, breaking the wing of the gargoyle. I eventually got it into the car and rode home on top of the gargoyle in the passenger seat. And I have to tell you, at the time that this happened, I saw Bree's photos of this and it was bloody hilarious. (laughs) So Bree says, when we got home, we weighed it and the thing was 85 pounds. It's now a full year later and nobody's ever mentioned the gargoyle. I'm glad she got it back. There you go. Our next one is from Charles. Charles says, 
after my wife passed away, I used her toothbrush for the first. <laughs> We're not supposed to be laughing. <laughs> for the for the first three. <laughs> John could try himself. <laughs> Oh, oh God. We're, we're only laughing because we can relate to it so well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I made out with my wife's urn. Yeah. <laughs> I used her toothbrush for the first three months. <laughs> oh, fuck. I told. Okay. <laughs> I told my dentist, who is an old friend of mine, <laughs> and he said that was disgusting. <laughs> but I. <laughs> fuck. Uh, but I didn't care. Okay, you take it yes. over. Go ahead. Did you use Michelle's toothbrush at all, John? I did not use her toothbrush, but there were some other things I haven't told talked about in this podcast episode. <laughs> I think I used Tony's toothbrush once, but I couldn't bring myself go. to do it again. There you go. Okay, moving on. Lace says, I missed him so much. Since I couldn't have him touch me, I put some of his ashes in my body lotion. At least for a moment, I felt closer to him. I like that. Love it. And look, all this stuff that we're doing in a serious moment here, if I can collect myself, all this stuff we're doing is in an effort to feel closer to them. Right? Exactly. Yeah. It's born out of pain. It's born out of love. It's born out of the desire to feel closer to somebody that we love with all our heart that is physically no longer here anymore. Let's see if I can get through the next one. Okay. Ever since she passed away, I used the exact brand of deodorant that my wife used to use. <laughs> I may smell like a lady, but at least I smell like my lady. It brings me comfort. That was from Andy. Cheryl says, I found an old chapstick of my husband's. I was giddy when I found it. Every day I would apply just a tiny bit until it ran out. It was like I was getting one small kiss from him each time I used it. Karen says, my husband's ashes were in a box. I taped a picture of him to the box and he and I went to Hooters together. I made him a plate, placed it on the box and we had dinner together. People may have thought I was weird, but I just wanted to have dinner with my husband again. So their judgment did not matter. Good on you, Karen. Steph says, once in a while, I'll look at pictures of my mum in her last hours. And after she died, my immediate family went to be with her body for hours. Never something I thought I'd do. Joseph says, the day after my wife's funeral, our daughter headed back to college. I was home all by myself for the first time in 22 years. I went to our dresser and emptied out every pair of underwear, bra and panties that my wife had. I threw them all over the bed. For two weeks, I slept in the bed like that, surrounded by all my wife's underwear. Our daughter ended up coming home a week early to surprise me and caught me taking a nap in the bed with all of her mother's underwear. Oh no. Joseph ends his comment by saying, needless to say, my daughter was traumatized. Oh, no. Yeah, I, would, I would suspect so. Yes. That would be rather traumatizing. We don't need to share the things John has done like that. Oh, Carolyn. Not everyone needs to know everything about us, Carolyn. That's right. 
Now, John, I just want to refer back to Andy's comment about the deodorant before. It is quite common for grievers to wear their loved one's favourite scent, which is one of the things we talked about in our Continuing Bonds episode because it is a way for us to feel close to them, but it's not something that a lot of non-grievers seem to understand. So we have got a couple that do relate to that. Ali says, I still wear his deodorant. I thought this was really strange and I was self-conscious about it. But now I know that many grievers wear their loved ones deodorant, cologne, perfume or lotion. Ella says, I confiscated my boyfriend's deodorant after I smelled it and it was the one that my dad used. He can't smell like my dad, but I can. So I'm wearing it now. Linda says a few months after her husband Tony died suddenly, she posted on Facebook a photo of his urn and a cup of coffee at a cafe. The caption read, I took Tony for coffee on the way to the crematorium, but he never drank it because Jess forgot to put sugar in it. Sure had some weird looks. If I didn't laugh, I'd cry. Terry says, I wore my husband Tim's boxers to my first gynecological appointment after his death. I figured that was the closest I could ever get to having sex with him again. (laughs) Oh, good on you. Love that one. Leslie says, I still have the pants that Dave was wearing when he went to hospital for the last time. A friend found them when we were tidying up after the funeral. After a few minutes, he asked if I was okay and I said I could still smell him on them. He then gently pointed out that I was sniffing the crotch area. (laughs) Christine says, after Daniel passed, I placed some of his ashes in my lingerie drawer. I know that if he couldn't be here with us, that drawer is definitely the place he would choose to rest. Ali says, I've become a comedian and developed a dark, morbid, dead dad dictionary. Actually, Carolyn, that's kind of true. A lot of people do develop dark humor after they've been through something like this. Absolutely. And John, as I've said before, I've come to believe that nothing is weird in grief. Because everything is weird. I'm going to end this season reading this very short piece that I wrote last year. It's entitled, Something Weird Happened Along the Way. Something weird happened along the way. I began to enjoy the sun more because of the darkness. I felt the joys of laughter more because of the sadness. I was more present when present in the company of those that I enjoyed because of the quietness. And I cherished love more because of its absence. When I say that I was broken, that is my truth. When I acknowledge my pain, survival, and always evolving healing, that is my power. Thank you for listening to the My Person Died To podcast. For full information on our books, coaching services and other offerings, visit our websites, carolyngowercoaching.com and johnpolocoaching.com. Remember to rate, review and subscribe. 
And if you found this podcast helpful, please spread the word so that we're able to support more people through grief. Thank you.